Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, this is Michael Schenker. You're in the apartment of Frederick Strager. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. It is an unusual radio station. I, I've never been in a place like this. It's actually my, my home. But yeah, it, um, I know. This, this Baby room... cot and a piano behind you and uh, lots of pictures and uh, lots of uh, albums and, and things and bits and pieces and uh, even a guitar. Are you a musician? Uh, that's my daughter's guitar. Oh. She, she just got it. I'm that a... must be her, right? That. It is. Ah, wow, amazing. It, it's terribly out of tune, but we're going to get it fixed. Ah, that's what I was given in front of thousands of people by, by jealous people who wanted to make a fool out of me. Really? They did that to you? <laughs> yes. Was that in UFO or which band? No, I don't want to mention any names, but bad, bad, bad. So Desperate uh, people. How, how did you react to that? Uh, I wasn't really that aware of it. It's just just recently um, it all comes back to me because in the middle years, you know, I I left the scene and uh, I went. Uh, I left planet Earth in my orbit uh, to learn about life, about myself, experiment with music. You know, I, you know, the, I've got three chapters in my life. You know, the first one is the Michael Schenker playing in a sandbox, having fun. You know, not expecting anything, not competing, not asking for anything, not asking for fame or for success, just having fun playing a guitar. When I read Strangers in the Night, people were saying, Michael Schenker is God. I said, what? And then Rudolf called me up from from America in 81 and said, like, Michael, they're all playing your guitar style. I said, what? I couldn't understand what happened. So I unconsciously, um, I think on a recreational level, created something that impacted a lot of people. So I became a trend maker in the 70s and created something for the 80s for people to play. And then I had my own band, MSG. You know, I, I had enough fame by then. MSG, um, the Michael Schenker group. Yeah, I had. I was very grateful that I was, even though not uh, asking for fame, that I was granted to experience fame that early in life. So I was able to make a decision if I wanted to stay in the fame, in a name, in a in a lane of fame, or if I wanted to stay artist true to my own vision and experiment with music, get things out of my system, learn about myself. Who was I in the beginning? Why, you know? And now in the third part of my life, because of the middle years of all the learning and, and experimenting and getting everything out of my system, you know, by the way, in the middle years, you know, when Ozzy asked me to join him, he wouldn't have made any money with me because all I was doing was experimenting. And so, you so, know... So Ozzy asked you to um, step yeah. in after uh, Randy Rhodes Well, because died, I was know. Randy Rhodes' favorite guitarist, so I guess Randy always talked about me. So when, when, when Randy died, then Ozzy obviously went like, well, the, the next best would be Michael Schenker. That's what 
Randy always talks about, you know. But I, what I am saying, I wouldn't have made him any money because I was in a different world. I was experimenting. You know, the first song I wrote was In Search of Peace of Mind, you know, with this, uh, uh, on the Lonesome Crow album, uh, uh, Scorpions. The Scorpions debut which the Scorpions album. credited themselves for it, you know. Really? But I wrote the song in my mom's uh, uh, kitchen all by myself. It's actually pretty hard to play. Rudolph can't even play that. And, and, and credited himself, you know, for this song. And uh, I have uh, two tattoos on the back. One is uh, um, born to be, uh, uh, born to overcome, and born to be free. So if you put all three things together, you understand why I chose the middle years to focus on being an artist, um, um, dealing with life. You know, developing. You know, when you want to create muscles, you have to use tools. So, crises, obstacles, hurdles are all tools in order to develop and create new perceptions in life that may present realizations and then once you have gone through something they say like if it doesn't kill you it makes you stronger you own that experience and you own that knowledge and that wisdom you know your latest album revelation begins with the line it all began long ago you have to understand the boy became a rock star with a guitar in his hand dreaming on dreaming on nothing's ever changed how do you feel Looking back on your on your long career. Well, the thing is, it was written by Michael Foss. You know, I wrote the music. Michael Foss, um, because he did such such a great job with Warrior on Resurrection album and uh, Black and, and the Last Supper. Um, I I wanted this time four songs where all the uh, singers sing together. And he's very he Michael Foss is a Michael Schenker fan, eighties fan, Graham Bonnet fan, uh, Gary Barden fan, and 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 you name it. So you he's know? A, he's a fan of all the members of the group. Yeah. End of the 80s, and it it's all about the 80s. So he wanted to be born. He actually wanted to become to be a rock star in the 80s. So I think he's singing about himself. Oh. So basically, he is a Michael Schenker fan. He fantasizes what it may have been like what I went through, but that's just his imagination. But what he's singing about is actually more about what he thinks it was like. But it 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 is just his his version. I've always assumed that guitarists who have their own bands. Um, think that you know one singer is more than enough. You yeah. have four singers in the Michael Schenker Fest. Yeah, I got five actually. And you, you, you even had a, yeah, you had a guest vocalist on yeah. the latest album. Yeah, and they're all coming from Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. What's going on? <laughs> so you don't have a problem with the you know that, that it gets too crowded around the mic stand. Well, you know, it's like when I I discovered that I had been playing the most popular music of Michael Schenker for so many years, but not with the original vocalist, you know, something clicked, you know, I went like, wait, this is the time now, you know, to get back to the roots, to to team up with the original vocalist and play the original composition. I'm sure that the hardcore fan will appreciate that, and so would I. And so with the singers. The singers were waiting on the phone when I made that phone call. They were ready to go. And so were the musicians, you know. So it's a happy bunch of people. Yeah, you now you're listening to Paranoid Black Sabbaths. I love Ozzy. I love Black Sabbath. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> great song yeah obviously magic can you remember when you first heard it um not really that that's more another song i remember i have a good story about the immigrant song you know but 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 this one it i i don't know where i heard it first but you know i think actually the first song i heard from ozzy was black Sabbath, and i was shocked because it was a pop top he was actually on top of the pops you know that song on top of the pops, Black Sabbath with a metal gong, 
gong, but so spooky, you know. But it was the distortion of the sound, you know, and that crazy vocal, you know. But uh, I, I remember when I heard that first, you know, I was with my band, uh, The Cry, you know, and we were like 13, 14 years old. Tony Iommi from um, Black Sabbath, yeah. did, did he inspire you in any way as a guitar player? His sound, you know, I, it, it's for me, I started when I was nine, but when I was 14, 15, I started hearing the, that that distortion, that distorted guitar sound of Jimmy Page, of Tony. They did it all in their own little ways, Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. But when the sustain came alive because of the distortion that's when make guitar became magic and became an endless combination lock you could do anything with it i've always been fascinated by the story about how tony iomi chopped off his fingertips he had an accident at work because yeah, he worked in a factory and then he had to what a life design and then he had to down tune the guitar so the strings wouldn't hurt his fingers as much and that, <laughs> that's basically how the sound became so dark based on, based on circumstances a lot of things happened in my life based on circumstances they're usually the best things actually lying Saturday morning there was the show and on the radio introducing uh, new releases uh, I just actually kind of half half awake looking forward to hear this program and here it was the new Led Zeppelin album was coming out Zeppelin 3 and what and when and then ah I was so happy it was so fantastic you know and, and I was and I was listening to it on on the vintage uh, a radio that we had in those days, you know, I was around 15, 14, 15 years. Fantastic song and fantastic drummer. Fa my favorite mus musician, John Bonham. Immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. You played your first gig when you were 11 years old, I think? But now, yeah, first gig, 11. And th that was with the Scorpions, who started way well, back in actually, 1965. I did, right? I did uh, a jam with the Scorpions, but I joined a band in, in the town where I was growing up uh, called Enervates. But uh, I played a couple of instrumentals with the Scorpions when I was 11. So actually, that was my first gig with the Scorpions. <laughs> and, and that was a night club. How did they manage to sneak you in? I thought they yeah, had, yeah, like, my parents age... came with me. They came with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Your family is from Saarstedt. Saarstedt, yes, yeah, Saarstedt. You could say Saarstedt near Hangover, but it's Saarstedt near Hanover. <laughs> so do people drink a lot in Saarstedt? <laughs> yeah, it's just something that came out, you know, as a funny as a funny line. But you seem to have really good musical genes in your family. Um, your brother Rudolf is with the Scorpions, of course. Yeah, but he has got no talent. No talent. No, he's just he's just a, he's just a a, a a a businessman in musicians' clothing. But do you get together for family holidays? Never, the, never at all. Never. He ripped me off. I stay far away from him as I can. He's a bully. Uh, what about your? I'm six and a half years younger. You should be ashamed of yourself, Rudolf. Get your shit together. Hit rock bottom and learn the good things about life. How to say thank you for helping you with love drive. Yeah, that is a great album, Love Drive. Yeah, but they never said thank you to me. Instead, they trashed me. They did? 
Because so, they couldn't have me. So, they couldn't have me in the band. I wrote Lights Out when I was 21 in 76. Two years later, they wrote Love Drive with the same song. Then they asked me to help them out because Matthias couldn't do it. And then they never even said thank you. I played throughout the whole album. Dieter Dirks asked me, can you put, after I finished all my other stuff, can you put all your sprinkles all over the album? Many people don't know that to make this album sound fresh and sparkling and get, get the Michael Schenker character on it. Then with Blackout, they copied the Love Drive album because they didn't know what else to do. So basically, if I had not left UFO, I would have never done the Love Drive album. If I had never done the Love Drive album, where would be the Scorpions today? And now the, all the re-releases in Russia and in, in, in China where the people are more new... They don't even know that I was part of Love Drive. I had a contract with the Scorpions as a sixth member of the Love Drive album. There was supposed to be a picture there. They left the picture out. Breach of contract. They left all my songwriting credits out. They left out. Then Rudolf asked me if he can play the Black and White Flying V. So to make it look like in, in, in America, when the, when the album was released, there was nobody missing. There was a black and white guitar. There was a Schenker. And there was then later a Schenker with blonde hair. Yeah. And he so totally distorted my image. And, you know, that's basically why I have that album cover design the way, the way it is. It, it was based on them approaching me in 2015 to help them with the, with the uh, Scorpion set box. But when I saw the Love Drive story, a complete lie, a complete made-up story, I was very, very upset. So for people who don't know your, your story, you, you started off in the Scorpions in 1972. Then you left after a few years and you joined UFO, the British band, well, let, let's say it like this. What would have happened if I had not joined the Scorpions as a 15-year-old, uh, uh, getting international instant recognition, especially with Klaus together? What would have happened if I wouldn't have gotten the Scorpions, Uli Roth, to replace me, Uli John Roth, when I joined UFO? What would have happened if I had not joined UFO, uh, taking the Scorpions with me step by step, album after album, like Metallica did with Megadeth? What would have happened if I had never um, left UFO and what would have happened to the Scorpions then? There would have been no Tokyo tape, there would have been no Love Drive, no nothing. So Love Drive is the bridge, the, the, the path that I paved for Rudolf to have success without talent. You wrote UFO's most famous song, Doctor Doctor. Let's listen to it. A lot of people, this song means that Iron Maiden is getting ready to go on stage because they always play this song as the, as the final song before the curtain drops. Do, do you make money every time Iron Maiden plays I have plays no it? idea. I never watch any of my, of my royalty statements. Never. Uh, but you still play this song live from time to time as an encore, Oh, right? we, play, we yeah. play Dr. Doctor. It's a party song. People love it. Sometimes we even start the show with that song, you know? I was actually 17 when I wrote it, and it was an instrumental. <laughs> I was thinking about about your family and you know musical genes because your sister was a keyboard player with Viva. Ah, uh, it means nothing. A German. 
it rock group. Nothing. And the, your and your your son Tyson is in a band called Ma- Madre's Son, which is a Tyson, Tyson is doing good. You yeah, know? He's he, he a wants me to just do his stuff. I said Tyson, I cannot. I am protecting myself. The brain is like a sponge. I don't want to be accused to rip you off. So please, you don't need my approval. You be happy with what you're doing because only you can make yourself happy, not other people. So please do this for yourself. Thank you. What about your parents? Were they musical as well? Yeah. My parents loved to dance. You know, what, what is the great thing about my parents? It's like they were very passionate. That is when you put passionate together with music, you, you, got, you got everything, you know. And so people asked me, what about your classical, uh, um, you know, influence? Why do you sound sometimes classical or whatever? I have no idea. You know what? I just discovered I discovered that in search of peace of mind, the first song I wrote is a waltz. Really? Lost Horizon. It's a waltz. And there are so many songs as a waltz. And people ask me, like, what? The only thing I can think of, my parents, when I was an embryo in my mom's, in my mom's womb, They used to dance a lot, so they used to dance to waltz music. So maybe, maybe I picked up when I was inside my mum. Sarstedt, your hometown, is also famous for being the birthplace of Henri Papp, one of the most Who? famous Henri Papp. He was a fa- famous piano constructor in the, the 19th century. Oh. He, he, he moved to Paris and he managed to build pianos that were much louder oh, than any previous pianos. Oh. He, he, He made the instrument a lot more powerful. Yeah, I never knew that. Uh, Henri Papp. Amazing. I think even Chopin might have played on his pianos. Speaking of musical geniuses, when you recorded the first Scorpions album, you worked with one of my favorite producers, Connie Plank. Ah, yeah. Um, Because he did Kraftwerk, Yes, yes. And he, and he did the Deutsche Amerikanische Freundschaft and stuff like that. Do you have any memories of... Oh, he Working was great. Yeah. He was great, you know. And and you know, by the way, the first, the solo on Lonesome Cro- on on the on the on In Search of Peace of Mind, uh, you know, he, on the rest of the album, you can hear that I'm in a very raw state, developing as a guitarist, you know. But In Search of Peace of Mind, it's perfect. That solo is perfect. As a 15 year, I don't know where it came from. Everything else sounded like not ripe, but that song dropped from somewhere. I don't know where it came from. I tried to copy it because it's my 20th and 50th anniversary next year. So hard to play. Do you think it was good for you to become so famous at such an early age? Yes, it was important. It was important so I could live my my middle years and and create a three-dimensional Michael Schenker who used to be very stage fright because of my middle years. I I learned to understand who I am. I created... The foundation, if I would have gone with Ozzy Osbourne, I would have had a lot of icing. But because I decided to uh, live my life in the middle years based on born to overcome and born to be free, you have to go through some work. And I did the work and because of that I got the cake and I get a lot of icing today. I put the icing on the cake and I have a fantastic dessert. I'd like to play you one of the first songs that I think you learned to play. That was the period. My first song actually was Hippie Hippie Shake. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and that was my first... You know, I was, I never liked any songs without lead guitar, but that was, Shadows was my favorite instrumental guitar. FBI uh, by the new, Shadows. Yeah, it's the Shadows. And and I loved, uh, I, I knew probably all Shadow songs, you know, it, it, it's fantastic. They were an instrumental British rock yeah, group. Yeah, had a fantastic. bunch of hits in the early 60s. Yeah, I love it. Ever 
catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I watched the, the video for your new song, Sleeping With The Lights Out, where you recreate the cover of your debut album with the Michael Schenker Group, which is an image of you strapped to what looks like a dentist's chair in a torture chamber and there's a sexy nurse peeking through the door and in the video she swings a hammer how did you come up with that idea i didn't it was his idea i had no clue when i showed up at the place but um, i tell you it was spooky at times but i said i said to him wow fantastic idea and now now that song takes on a new meaning you know it's a bloody nightmare it's a nightmare. That's why you sleep with the lights on. There is the nurse with a hammer. Wow. It's, it was a spooky. But, but did, did she have a hammer on, on the original album? Like where the image comes from? No, there from? was no. No, he added all of that stuff. Okay. The only thing that he took from the Michael Schenker group, the beginning, was the monitor. The monitor. And the monitor had then UFO on it. So why he is using it, he is trying to connect the now with the then because we're all back together. And so I guess he kind of continued that same theme and put it on, you know, there wasn't U of O in there, but this time it was me starting the Michael Schenker group, which is what is this is all about. And so, but what he did for me was good, was that he gave me an idea now, sleeping with the light, lights on, and, and that the whole thing was a nightmare, you know? And so that's why you sleep with the lights on if you do. Your two latest albums with the Michael Schenker Fest, the new Revelation and the previous Resurrection have kind of biblical themes on, on their covers. On, on Revelation, you're tied to a huge flying V guitar. Yeah, because of the scorpions ripping me off and, and torturing me and slandering me, distorting my image and taking it all away. If we cannot have you, Michael, nobody will trash you okay, and slander okay, you. They're, they're, and give you a guitar on stage, out of tune, in front of thousands of people, making a fool out of myself, humiliating me. Okay, so they're represented by the Roman soldier who's sticking his yeah, spear Caesar in Yeah, your... Caesar was the guy who was blinded by greed and uh, uh, corruption. The album could have been called Purity and Passion versus Greed and Corruption. So, um, you know, the one that conquers himself conquers more than the one who conquers the world. Uh, Caesar wanted to conquer the world. He was even jealous of someone like Jesus that people paid attention to and he had to kill him. And so it shows you, you never get anywhere if you have the wrong end of the stick, if you don't know how to say thank you for your love drive, for the help for a love drive album and you are so blind going the wrong direction and you don't understand anymore how you got there it's crazy and then um on the resurrection album there's a picture of you at the last supper with your band members uh, it kind of makes you think that you're getting ready to be betrayed well, it wasn't my idea. just like Jesus was. It wasn't my idea. You know, my idea was when we did the video in Japan 
uh, I said, and the, and the record deals came in, I said, Michael Schenker Fest in the studio. I wanted a, a table with lots of feast on it, Hofbräuhaus woman with big bosom, carrying pints of lager, lots <laughs> of wine, and have in the, in the room, in the studio, the Michael Schenker Fest in the studio with the control room in the background. I said to my son Taro, have somebody sent me a table with a feast on it so we can put an album cover together the way I imagine it. And what I got was the Last Supper. I went like, what is this? You know, but by that time, I thought a nuclear blast art department already had an idea. So they started going that direction. Doogie, he must have seen the development of the album cover. He started writing a song called Take Me to the Church. The next thing was Michael Foss writes The Last Supper. I said to myself, what is going on here? We might as well call this the album Resurrection and the Instrumental Salvation, and it was complete. Like Jesus, you have been betrayed by some of your disciples at times. I don't look at, at the people I'm working with as disciples, you no. know. I know that, that Rudolf screwed around with me, that's, that's all I know. And I know there is a lot of business people who wanted to make big money with me, but because in my middle years, I was out of the spotlight. I was not interested in making money for people. I moved to Arizona for 15 years, built a recording studio and lived my peaceful life. But in the meantime, since I read the false love drive story and it opened a can of worms and you have to remember, I had Francis Buchholz and uh, Hermann Rebel, the rhythm section of Rocky Like a Hurricane in my band for four years. I know a lot. <laughs> You mentioned somewhere that Graham Bonney, who, who sings with you, was upset about the Jesus cover, that it, he felt that it was offensive. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, that I heard. He doesn't understand what's behind it. And so, you know, I am basically not crucified. I'm hanging on the cross with strings, and the band is coming to take me off the cross. And we have won against uh, greed and corruption, and we carry on the Michael Schenker fest with purity. Uh, Graham Bonnet just looked at it, and he never asked any questions. He never understood the concept. I was surprised that Graham Bonney would react that way since... Well, was, I don't know well, you what know, happened. Uh, I'd only heard it. I didn't hear it from him directly. I heard it through his, uh, oh. actually through my son. So I don't know exactly what he got out of this album cover, but he obviously doesn't understand and didn't have a close enough look. You know, I heard the stories about how he was fired from your band once. For, What was he? Uh, fired from your band no, once. No, he for left it. the stage. I played the solo. When I looked, the singer was gone. I never saw him again for another 30 years. I, th I thought he kind of showed his dick on stage and huh? was uh, exposed I don't himself. know what he did. I, oh. I played the solo. I had a singer on stage. I played the solo. I looked at my fingers. The moment I looked back for the vocals, he was gone. So how long was that solo? Well, the usual length. Okay, that, so you did you it know, like solo for an hour or something. So he just. I did a, a solo, a lead break. I don't yeah. know which song it was, but it was in the first 15 minutes on stage in Sheffield, and Graham Bonnet disappeared from the stage. And I asked the audience, Do you want us to carry on? And they said, Yes, we did. I never saw Graham again for the next 30 years. What's going on? You correct my vision. Here's Rory Gallagher with What's Going On, fantastic song, Blues. It's a, it's a band called Taste with Rory Gallagher as a guitarist, and then he called himself Rory Gallagher later. Should I be standing on a chair? My hands are waving. Well 
what do you think that you need to become a good guitar player? Is what you just, need is it just practice? Or it depends you... on what you're looking for. You know, if you want to be if you want to become famous and you're desperate with and obsessed with making money and 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 have all the girls in the world and live an obnoxious lifestyle uh, that's called rock and roll and throw televisions out of the window. It's called a wannabe. Uh, you don't have to do much. You just do have to throw televisions out of the window and show up on stage. That's all. You know, or use a lot of hairspray, whatever, you know. But if you are an artist and you want to uh, create some great music, um, you know, you can also go the way. When If you realize, like what I did when I was 17, that every person is unique. And if I do what somebody else is already doing, why should I? He's already doing it. So if I open up myself and show my uniqueness, which I did on a daily basis, year after year, I became, as a side product, I had my original own style because it came from within. And uh, Metallica, uh, you know, Slash and uh, Kirk Hammett and all these people said like that it was something they have never heard before. Of course not, because it came from inside of myself. We don't know what's inside you unless you open up. Still, even though you don't care that much about like the rock and roll lifestyle, you were once awarded with the Marshall 11 Award, which is... Um given to artists and musicians who represent rock and roll excess and living on the edge. I think the Marshall 11 Award is named after the amp knob in Spinal Tap, where they, they have an amp that you goes know, people, to 11. People are obsessed with, the, with rock and roll, you know. That's why people write fiction books these days. They can write anything. They have nothing left to say musically. They write fiction books. They write what the audience dreamt of, getting away with murder, screwing all the girls, etc., etc. That's what they love to hear. I'm not interested. I'm not interested, but I got that award because I was a big talent. I was a trend maker. I influenced a lot. I, I, somebody told me I, I am responsible for trash metal, death metal, etc., etc., etc. So I was a very big influence in rock music. And if you are with a, such a big name, people want to talk about you. And they want to talk about you in very good ways and in very bad ways. They want to slander you and trash you, but they also want to build you and create you you know if you're nobody nobody wants to talk about you they don't people can't be bothered to hear a, a story about everybody drinks everybody does you know everybody has weddings parties uh, whatever it is you know but if you're famous if you have a big name every little thing you do it's exaggerated and people want to make a big story out of it so you mean that that's basically like a myth, the whole Michael Schenker image. Because you, you have this reputation of, of being very, very um, quite volatile or kind of exploding in rage if something goes wrong or if you know, the sound is bad. No, it's, it's, uh, it's people, you know, like my brother Rudolf bullying me, you know, those people, you know. But the point is, when I started, I was a very sensitive, fragile a young teenager who was very in love with music, a boy in a sandbox just having fun playing music. I never watched the business. People ripped me off. Managers stole money. They ran away with 80,000 pounds. At some point, cross-collateralized me uh, um, um, uh, with uh, uh, the UFO debts and the micro I mean, I have been ripped off left and right and left and right because I was always looking at my music. I was always just interested in doing music. The other people created all that illusion. They created all that shit. The only thing I'm interested in is music, period. I, I couldn't care less about throwing televisions out the window. You might kill somebody. You get jailed. Let's listen to one of your biggest fans. This is Kirk Hammett's solo from Metallica's The Unforgiven.
I watched this sweet clip on YouTube where you're sitting together jamming and he looks really, really, really impressed. Like, you know, he looks like a kid having the time of his life. Yeah, I mean, I'm his, I'm his Santa Claus. That's what Peter Mensch told me. <laughs> <laughs> But we, we became friends, you know, and I said to him, hey, my Kirk, no fest without a guest. Do you want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. And so he, he helped us uh, on the resurrection. And here's another guitar hero. Ingvi Malmsteen. This is a song called Rising Force. Who would win a guitar duel, you or Inga? Well, there is no uh, winning. You know, this is not a sport, you know. If you jump, you can measure. Uh, music is a self-expression, you know. Or you copy classical music and play it like Ingwe did, yeah. you know. But I was writing from within. It's pure self-expression. It was my focus. There is no right expression or wrong expression. There is just expression. You don't win with expression. You may have people who love what you do, which is the icing on the cake. Ingo Mounstein once said in an interview that people would come up to him and say, you know, you, sh you should be more mi minimalistic, you know, What's that mean? Less, less is more. And he was completely, you know, he didn't understand the expression. What do you, what do you mean less is more? More is more. <laughs> you know, he could not understand what they meant. Fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> his goal was to play as no, many yeah, notes as possible. This is, joke. is this the note you were looking for? You know, he could not understand the concept of less no. is more. But he was sensational though. You know, he was sensational when he first came out. Uh, even though I don't listen to music and I stay away from everything, you could not bypass that. That was played everywhere and it was sensational. I call it sensational because it was so fast. It was so fast, it was impossible. But it only lasted for one moment because so fast you cannot pick up any notes. So it becomes meaningless, you know, and it becomes all the same over and over and over. But the beginning, when it first happened, it was sensational. How many guitars do you have? You know, I always used to have two guitars, just one main guitar, and in case a string breaks, I have a, break, a backup guitar. And that's what all I had for, for many, many, many years, you know. And uh, by the way, I never got paid for live concerts until 91. <laughs> just They on, didn't on the pay you for live concerts until 1991? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because... How, how is that even possible? Because Michael is, a, is an artist, he doesn't care, let's just steal his money. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And now Robin McCauley was there. I said to Robin, I'm not going to do another gig unless we get paid. So, so Robin and I, we went to Left Bank Management and said like, no more shows unless we get paid. And all of a sudden the money was there. Because they always said, there is no money. All of a sudden the money was there. So you're not a guitar collector because, you know, many people ah, will buy. No, but now because I, I, I teamed up with a... With, uh, No, the, man, the, the guitar collector is a wannabe, Rudolf. He collected 30, 40, 50 guitars. He showed them off. He bought one after another, but he can't play. But the people who can actually play, they don't necessarily collect guitars. But I, made, uh, I had an um, endorsement deal with the Dean Guitars. So I started creating uh, new models of Michael Schenker. And of course, they started piling up. By now, I've got 20, 30 guitars lying all over the place in storages, in, in different homes, etc., etc. And, and, and a few got even stolen. Like five of my favorite guitars got stolen. Ying and Yang, a color guitar, um, a chrome guitar, um, a black and white guitar, and, and then one of Michael Foster's guitars. And they stole the music, just as we did uh, Spirit on a Mission with uh, uh, Michael Schenker's Temple of Rock. So did they break into your studio or what yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. 
And we had to start again, you know. And I just said, okay, let's let's just say that that was a pre-production. This the album was going to be much better. <laughs> Some musicians like Paul Stanley will smash their guitar at the end of the show, ah. or, or sm- smash a less expensive copy. Yeah, if um, you can't play guitar, maybe that's uh, the only thing you should. I've, I've only ever heard of you smashing a guitar when you did it in, yeah, I in had, Tokyo once. I, I have smashed the guitar because I was <laughs> put right in front of a of a post, <laughs> like a, what do you call it, a pillow, a pillar. <laughs> I was playing in front of a pillar, you know, and after half an hour I had enough of it. I smashed the guitar. Well, couldn't you have moved from the pillar? To- well, it was a strange place. It was a small place and it was, you know, that, that, that pillar was right in front because I look for a sweet spot when I play, so I move around. I couldn't move around looking for my sweet spot because there was that stupid thing right in front of it. <laughs> When the day goes to sleep and a full moon looks And the night is so black that the darkness cooks When you come creeping around Making me do things I don't want Yeah, this is Scream and Alicia from uh, actually Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac, the original Fleetwood Mac. Fantastic song, that's all I can say. Can't believe that you need my love so bad. It's a lot heavier than the stuff that Fleetwood Mac became famous Absolutely. for. Absolutely, it was a complete different story. Busting in on my dreams, making me see things I don't want to see. I listened to your new song, We Are The Voice, where um, the Michael Schenker Fest is encouraging the audience to raise your fists, you've got no choice, bang your head with us boys. How much headbanging do you do these days? Oh, you know, headbanging has never been part of my life. Uh, I didn't write the lyrics, by the way. I never write any lyrics, so I'm, I have nothing to do with that. But, uh, um, you know, headbanging is not something I'm... I'm consciously aware of, you know. I just know that people that love that kind of music, they they started banging their head, the, you know, the, the consumer, the audience. And, uh, you know, just like people in a disco, they start dancing, uh, you know, metal people bang their heads. But it has never been, I, I've never been a headbanger myself, you know, because I'm actually a creator and a trend maker and a musician. And so I just, if anything, uh, I, I, I open my mouth widely or express, uh, make facial, facial expressions of emotions, you know, to be there with the moment and really be there. I'm a pretty big Slayer fan, and Tom Araya got some severe medical problems from, <laughs> you know, he developed oh, the, the helicopter Tom. headbang where he ah, swings his neck in a yeah, circle. Yeah, I had a bass player did the same thing, you know. He never took off, but, you know, it, it's, it's a dangerous, huh? Does it get harder or easier to play guitar as, as you become older? I personally think it depends on what your, you know, your your motivation as a guitar player is. You know, I play from within. You know, for me, it doesn't make any difference if it's fast, if it's slow. It what is important is that each note has a meaning. I can play until I'm 90 years old, as long as I play with meaning and create goose pimples. So you put one note here, one note there, one note there. Where should the fourth note be to get a chemical reaction and create a goose pimples? That's, you know, in my case, I'm I'm very fortunate. So you think more in an artistic way than a technical way? Because a lot of, I've noticed that, a lot of metal guitarists are... If you're hooked hooked on technical playing, you're going to have a problem when you get older. Yeah, because because you, you cannot play as fast anymore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when you are when you are actually an, a self-expressive player, making sure number one priority is that each note has a meaning. 
you can play slow. The most beautiful solos are slow solos I've done uh, in, in my past. So I, I, it, it's not based on how old I am. It is based on how what my motivation is. So if I want to create goose pimples, actually, the faster you play, the less goose pimples you can create because you can't hear any notes anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna play you a track that gives me goose pimples it's yeah. by one of my favorite guitar players. Yeah, surfing music. Yeah, that's Dick Dale and his Deltones. Um, the king of the surf guitar. Was, yeah, yeah, he he yeah. died a couple of years ago. Yeah. And the, the, this music is probably most famous for being played in Pulp Fiction, the movie. Ah. Um, during the titles. But he, he had a very special style where he kind of imitated the feeling of waves washing yeah. over you. So he had, he had a mission. He, he had a vision. Do you listen to any surf music? Or is that, <laughs> no. You know, and you, I don't listen to music since I was 17 years old. You don't? I never listen to radio. I never listen to the... I never listen in my car. I never listen in my home. I never have any music on, period. And Amy is next. She has been with me for 14 years. There is no music. She, if she wants to hear music, she has to go somewhere else. Really? <laughs> yeah. What kind of music does she listen to when she's... Oh, she's husband? a bass player. And she, she loves heavy but music. Why did you make that decision to not listen to music for the rest of your For life me when you were 17 years old yeah because i understood first of all i understood the brain is like a sponge and uh, it, it copies anything you know and my i understood something about he is already doing that he's already doing that why should i do the same thing so if i am unique every person is unique i can go inside myself and and express something that nobody knows because it's hidden inside of me. So if I make the choice to open up myself rather than copying a trend, I will put a new color out there. I actually explained that earlier already. And that's why Kirk Hammett and all these people, when you do this over years and years and years and years, the, uh, you automatically, the byproduct is you create an original sound because you always create from within, from a place nobody knows about. That's why they said, um, Michael Schenker, uh, he plays something we never heard before. The reason is because it, it's locked inside of me and it only becomes available but if I open up. But don't you feel the need to like, you know, expose yourself to new ideas, new impressions? No. The infinite spring is infinite. Yeah, but the, the, <laughs> the infinite spring on creativity. I don't use the external world to be inspired. But that, that's like, you know, in, in the 18th century, someone had an idea that they would put infants in a room without talking to them. They thought that the babies, if they were just locked away from the world, would start talking an original language that was, you know, the, the way people talked before the different languages appeared. That, you know, if you just didn't get any new impressions, you would find yeah. something from hey, deep no, inside. I don't, I don't care what other people did. I am fascinated with pure self-expression. You have a world with inside yourself. That's where ideas come from. What you just, as an, as, a, as an example, is not relevant to what I'm talking about. When you express inventions, ideas, etc., etc., they're coming from inside of you. If you already, if you express an invention that already in, exists, it's not your invention. So if you want to invent something, focus on inventing. Go inside yourself. That's where the ideas but are. But I, I wouldn't be able to invent anything if I didn't, you know, study the world around me. Of course, me, you start 
you, of course you start, I love Jimmy Page, I love, yeah. you know, we just played all that bloody yeah. music. I love Jimmy Page, I love uh, um, um, Eric Clapton, uh, the way they used to be, not today, not yeah. Long Tall Sally. Um, and, and, and I love uh, uh, Leslie West and Jeff Beck and those, that, those guys, you know. And that, uh, Tony from, the, uh, from Black Sabbath, you know. So that is when I realized, yes, they play music. That I love the, the 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 distortion. So what I said to myself, I know what I do. I use that music, I which is called Zeppelin, the Purple, Black Sabbath is metal music. I use that as a screen, and I put my pure self-expression of the single string as a lead guitarist, paint that onto that screen, and create self-expression as a lead guitarist. But that's a very purist way of thinking. You know, what, what you cannot do it perfectly. Of course, there will be always some music in a boutique where I tried some clothes on, where I learned they played the whole bloody Metallica album, and I heard uh, 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 the Unforgiven for the world for the first time. Beautiful song, you know. You cannot escape it. Of course, you cannot. You can't do anything perfectly on this planet, but you can have an idea. And you have an idea of pure self-expression is something I'm very attracted to. That's what I want to do. I was more thinking that, you know, maybe influences from other genres of music. Like, say, say, say that you listen to Miles Davis or something would give you... Yeah, new, you can be a patch... No, then you can be a patchmaker. You can you be a patcher. You a know? patcher. Yeah, a patchmaker, or whatever you call it. Amy has a better name for that. And so basically what it is, you take from this guitarist, from this guitarist, from that guitarist, from that guitarist, you put it all together, and you use all these patches and present it as yours. You can do that. If you have fun doing it, there's nothing right, nothing wrong. Just do your thing and stay strong. That's all there is to it. That's fascinating. Because, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of musicians are patchmakers then, like the Beatles Absolutely. Or, or David Bowie. Or... Absolutely. And I try the best possible way, of course, not perfect. Nothing can be done perfect on this planet, but the best possible way to be original. And, you know, the fact is that Kirk Hammett and Slash and people like that, they have realized that I did something they had never heard before. So yeah, you're, you're basically a god to them. So yeah, what, whatever. I'm just a link, you know. I'm a link, you know. The people like Jeff Beck, you know, they are part of a link. I'm part of a link. Kirk is part of the link. And we pass it on to the next generation. We're all part of the link. I remember when we were young, kids playing wild and free. Ain't no weeping, ain't no sorrows all these passing years So why the tears are falling so while crying bitterly Wandering through a shadow land with no escape for me The old tree Anyway, I have to go now. It's time. Time is over. Up on to the next interview on the other side of town. Thank you for coming here, Michael Schenker, and good luck with your pure self-expression. Thank you so much. You can leave a light on if you're afraid of the dark. Sleeping with the light on to fight back the night is sometimes hard. You can leave a light. Memories come rushing in 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.